Why do you want to marry Talal? He is not a Muslim anymore. He does not pray anymore. Why do you want to marry this criminal? Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi everyone! So glad you can join us today for some recent mission stories from North Africa. My pen name is Gabriella Lincoln. I am from the U.S. and I work with Adventist Frontier Missions in a strict Muslim country in Northwest Africa. I grew up loving God and hearing many stories about missions. When I was 11, my aunt invited me to go with her on a two-week mission trip to the Amazon rainforest in Brazil. This is my first mission trip. My aunt and I went to Brazil and flew in a small plane upriver from the city of Manaus. Then we boarded a Seventh-day Adventist mission boat called Elizario and traveled downriver. We stopped at the villages along the way and my aunt cared for their medical needs. This trip really impacted my life. When I was 17, I decided to go to nursing school and use this skill in the mission field someday. Immediately after nursing school and my NCLEX nursing board exam, I went as a student missionary nurse to the South Pacific with Adventist Frontier Missions. I worked in a jungle medical clinic. It was quite challenging, but I realized how it was valued by the people when it was time for me to go. One man said, Oh no, if you go, our babies will die. All along the way, God is teaching us to be self-denying and to have faith in Him through the challenging times. After this experience, I've returned home and then left to gain training in hydrotherapy, massage, and health evangelism. Through the years, I've gone on short-term mission trips to Asia, and I've also spent significant time caring for grandparents. All along the way, I dreamed of joining AFM as a career missionary. When the way seemed open to me, I applied. They accepted me and asked me to come to North Africa. I was amazed. I had been praying for the very nation in Africa for at least six years. Now I've been in Africa for nearly three years. This is frontier territory and the challenges seem to appear without end. But as we fight to keep our eyes on Jesus, we know that we can weather any situation with Him. Along with me, on the Sahara Project team, are several native-born Seventh-day Adventists. We work in the various language groups in this nation. Some of the activities that we are involved in include working in a medical clinic, providing food for children from poor families, tutoring children in English, telling Bible stories to Muslim individuals in private, using the Quran and the Bible to share God's message, helping the sick with personal care and praying for them, and socializing with our Muslim neighbors. 
We are encouraged each time one or more person from this country decides to follow Christ. We hold a secluded baptismal service for them. We are involved in discipleship of new members and are seeking to help them grow strong in God so they can spread the message powerfully to others in their local people groups. We know God has a special place in His heart for the men, women, and children of the Sahara. Today I have two stories for you. The first one is called My Dearest Cousin. I am Talal, an AFM Sahara Project team member. I come from a long line of Imams, religious teachers and leaders in Islam. When I was quite young, my parents sent me to live with my uncle Ahmed, the leading Imam in our city. He taught me the Quran in his home. Then one day he and his wife welcomed little Aliyah into the family. I had a baby cousin. My mom came over to see us. As she held Aliyah, she told Uncle Ahmed, This one is for my son, Talal. Uncle Ahmed agreed. So my baby cousin Aliyah became my fiance. When I was young, these marriage plans meant nothing to me. I didn't even think about them. Aliyah grew up and finished high school and then studied business and commerce. She was a committed Muslim. She prayed five times a day and fasted during Ramadan. After I was grown, I went to another African country to work and live. When I decided I wanted to get married, I phoned Uncle Ahmed. I told him, please, I want Aliyah to be my wife. Why are you asking me? He said, she is for you. Anytime you want her, you can marry her. It has been decided. I phoned my father and he took care of the marriage arrangements. Our engagement lasted two years, and we still lived in different countries. One day, Aliyah phoned me. I have an opportunity to go to Europe and study, she said. Will you let me go? Go, I said. Before Aliyah left Africa, some people said to her, Why do you want to marry Talal? He is not a Muslim anymore. He does not pray anymore. Why do you want to marry this criminal? They talked and talked about this. When she arrived in Europe, she phoned me. Your friends say you are a Christian. Yes, I am a Christian, I said. Why are you a Christian and you still want to marry me? I'm a Muslim. Yes, I'm a Christian and you are a Muslim. What is the problem? I have heard that you are a Christian and a criminal. I cannot live like that. A week later, she called me again. Forgive me, she said. I'm leaving the engagement. It is finished. After our engagement was broken, I went back to our home country in Africa, and Aliyah remained in Europe. During this time, we became very close phone friends. Often she called and asked my counsel on various issues. Aliyah continued living and working in Europe. She married a Muslim and now has a child. She enjoys doing personal research on religious topics. When this research inspires questions, she calls me. Sometimes her husband is sitting next to her when we talk. Talal, do you pray? Do you fast? Do you think the Quran and the Hadith are true? 
Do you think Gabriel really appeared to Muhammad? What can we do so that God will answer our prayers? I explained these things to her from the Bible. I told her to go into her room, put away distractions, close her eyes, and ask God for a clean heart. I told her to praise God for five to seven minutes. After that, she could make requests. She tried it. Is this how you pray? She asked. Yes, this is how I pray as a Christian. One time, Aliyah asked, Talal, why must Muslims pray in Arabic? They say if you pray in your own language, God won't understand. Why does God not understand my African language? He is God. I don't understand this about Islam. I showed, her, I showed her that God really does understand our language. I shared with her from the Quran, Surah 46:12, and before this was the Book of Moses as a guide and a mercy. The Bible is a guide for God's people, I told her. It is a mercy sent from God to us. Though she is a very devout Muslim from a family of Imams, she believes what I say. I answer her questions using both the Quran and the Bible. I'm just letting her direct our conversations now. I'm hoping we can do direct studies using the Quran and the Bible so we can go over important points of truth faster. Aliyah's husband told her, I see you are following your cousin's lead in leaving Islam and becoming a Christian. He is not very upset. He often hears our conversations and understands everything. I believe that if Aliyah comes to Christ, her husband will too. Please, I appeal to you earnestly. Pray for this little Muslim family in a European city. May my dearest cousin decide to follow Christ. Now it is time for our second story. It is called, God Loves Me Too Much. Take this food out of the house, Kadir shouted. Since it's from a Christian, I'll go to hell if I eat it. Abdul had become a Christian. Now his relatives seemed to be turning against him. When he brought food to his uncle's home, it was rejected and returned untouched. In the past, Abdul had been a committed student of Quranic teachings. This was expected for he came from an Islamic family clan containing many respected marabouts, respected scholars and teachers of Islamic writings. He has been strong in the Islamic faith. Abdul, along with his extended family, enjoyed monthly social gatherings together. This reinforced strong family bonds among them. Abdul himself lived alone and greatly anticipated these family gatherings. A sister or an aunt always phoned him with the date and time for their family gatherings. Then, after he became a Christian, these phone calls abruptly ended. Why am I not being called, he wondered. Why? Was this intentional? He felt it was, and it hurt. Coming from a society with a powerful sense of group identity and inclusion, this treatment caused his heart to really ache. Then one day, Abdul had a knock on his door. As he got up and reached for the door, that instant, the cement ceiling right above his chair came crashing down. 
On another day, Abdul had just left the public restroom. Suddenly again, the building's cement ceiling gave way. People outside cried out, Oh no, Abdul is dead, he's dead. But he wasn't dead. Why does God love me? Abdul thought. God loves me too much. I don't know why. He protected me and gave me the assurance. When my family forsakes me, then the Lord will take me up. After a time, Abdul's brother came to him secretly. He informed Abdul that Qatar required the whole family to exclude Abdul from their monthly social because he had become a Christian. Currently, this treatment continues and has been going on for two years. I shouldn't sequester myself from my family, Abdul believes. Since one of his brothers works outside the country, Abdul makes it a point to check up on his brothers, children, and wife every week. He eats with them and offers to help them with anything they need. Sometimes, Abdul's sister and her children also drop by his home for brief visits. In his heart, he knows his family still loves him. One time, a relative, who is an important government official, met him on the street. The man enthusiastically greeted Abdul as if he was a long-lost friend. And there have also been recent signs that Qatar, his uncle, is softening to him. I know my family loves me, Abdul said, but I don't know why God loves me. He just loves me too much. Muslims in this region of the world have very strong family networks. As a result, when two or three more individuals of one family come to Christ, they can support each other when others in the family reject them. They can stay socially connected. This helps their sense of identity. Will you be willing to especially intercede for Abdul's family? They also need the assurance of God's unfathomable love. If you feel missions may be the plan God has for your life, look us up online at afmonline.org or call 800-937-4236. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.